So there's a concept I've been trying to put my finger on for quite a while, and I think I've done a pretty good job of hitting on it, but I don't think I've nailed it quite yet. However, today, I think I'm going to nail it. So you guys know that analogy of the blind men and the elephant you know, there's like eight blind men standing around an elephant and one of them's touching the feet, one of them's touching the trunk, one of them's touching the belly, one of them's touching the head. And they all have sort of a different idea of what it could be, but none of them see the elephant because they're blind, so they're all wrong. That's sort of what we're gonna talk about today. And I think I'm gonna be able to do this in 10 minutes or less because I finally figured out a succinct way to describe this and you shouldn't. it shouldn't take three hours to describe something if you figured out a succinct way to describe it. I'm gonna frame this for you as two polar opposite situations in medicine. If you have Lyme disease or chronic fatigue syndrome, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you saw a doctor and what they suggested helped you beyond your wildest dreams? Like, I don't mean like you just talked yourself into it being helpful. Like you were like, yeah, I think I kind of felt something on that supplement. My, my energy was a little better, but it, it didn't change your life. Meaning that your daily symptoms and sickness and disability didn't change that much. If someone else on the outside was watching you, like your parents or your friends, they wouldn't say that they notice much different in your life. Like you might be trying to talk yourself into these great things are happening. I'm seeing this new doctor. Everything is so exciting. But if, if a third party was watching you, they would be like, yeah, Jane or Bill or John or whatever. They still can't sleep. They still have to take their sleep medications. They still have panic attacks. They still can't really walk, do exercise. They say they can't get a job. You know, major things like actually core level illness resolution type things, right? I think very few of us would say that we ever went to a doctor and had those kinds of big breakthroughs, especially with illnesses like chronic fatigue syndrome and Lyme disease. And if you have had one of those big breakthroughs, then more power to you. Please let me know what it was and tell me the story. But in my 20 years of being in alternative medicine publishing, talking to a lot of different people, reading a lot of different stories, I rarely hear it. I would say it's less than 10% of the time. And that's because modern medicine doesn't really understand chronic fatigue syndrome and Lyme disease. Yes, I know we have some abnormalities on tests that we're familiar with. We know there's some chronic infections. I'm not saying we don't understand any of it. We know some of how it presents and we know some of what helps it in, you know, some of what, what infections are involved, but we don't really know why. We don't know why certain people are so susceptible to these chronic infections and don't get better no matter how many antivirals or how many antibacterials they do. This is the ironic thing about the Lyme disease world is that you do these insane antibiotic cocktails of like three, four, five antibiotics at a time for years. You know, that's just one example of the insanity. Another example of the insanity is that every single year at the Lyme disease conferences, I've, I know because I've been to all these conferences, there's new stuff, different stuff. I, I follow a guy who summarizes the most recent Lyme conferences. He does a great job. And every year it's new stuff. It makes your head spin. It makes your head spin. How can there be so many new things in medicine and yet none of them really work? 
Well, I'll tell you how, and then after I tell you how, I'm going to tell you an opposite scenario that I think will really resonate with you and really amazes me. The reason there are so many different therapies and approaches and new things talked about every year at conferences is because of the culture of medicine and capitalism in medicine. Physicians, supplement companies are rewarded for coming up with something new. It keeps the patients coming in the door. It keeps the money coming. It keeps the spotlight on them. It strokes their ego. It keeps their reputation going. So there's this pressure to sort of come up with something new all the time. It's sort of like how there's a new iPhone every year. You know how there's a new iPhone, there's iPhone 11, 12, 13, 14. And yeah, sometimes there is a big breakthrough. There's better camera or whatever, but oftentimes they're like, oh, it's a new color. It's a new color. Yeah, you can get iPhone in pink, right? And I still have an iPhone 7 Plus that I use for some purposes. And it's honestly not that much different than an iPhone 13. It really isn't because I have both. I have an iPhone 13 and I have an iPhone 7 Plus. They're not that different. There is incentive in medicine and in alternative medicine, especially, I think, to come up with something new all the time. And it's never quite right. It never quite hits the mark. Now, let's take another scenario. And I want to start off on this scenario with an analogy. Humans, when we first started staring up into the sky, into space, I don't know, thousands of years ago, whatever, and we saw all these dots, right? Stars, planets, moons. Back then, we, we knew nothing about it. We knew that they were bright dots. We didn't know some were big and some were small. We didn't know some were galaxies. We didn't know, you know, and I'm a huge space buff, right? Like my wife leaves for the morning to go work out and she's like, Brian, now do the homeschool with the kids, do their work. And all I talk to them about is space and astronomy. Uh, and she's like, why did you do astronomy again today? We do that. You only do that every day, right? So like, it's kind of funny because that's, that's what I do with the kids is astronomy. I love astronomy. So 2000 years ago, when you looked up into space, you had no idea what was really going on. I mean, slowly but surely, you know, Galileo and all these scientists figured out little bits and pieces of the puzzle. And now we have a lot of surprises. We have a lot of surprises. And I want you to remember the word surprises. Okay. I want you to remember that word surprises. We found out that so much of what's going on in space is different than what we thought was going on. It's very, very different. I'm not going to go into all the details because I don't want to bore you with all my astronomy nerdism, but let's just say that there was a lot of surprises, a lot of surprises about what, I mean, the sun and the moon look the same size in the sky right? Which I've always thought is an interesting coincidence. Have you ever, have you ever thought it's interesting? This is one of the reasons why I believe in God, by the way, because there's a lot of these interesting coincidences. But do you know that the sun and the moon are almost the identical size in the sky, even though obviously their, their actual physical size is much different, but they're from our perspective and our distance, they're the same size. That's why when there's a solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse, the sun or the moon covers the other object almost perfectly. Like what kind of an amazing coincidence is that? So our ancestors no doubt thought that there was a pretty good chance that probably the sun and the moon were actually physically the same size. But then we find out the sun is like, you know, 10 million times bigger than the moon. I think the sun is a million times bigger than earth. 
a million Earths would fit in the sun. So that was one of the big surprises that came from knowledge and the pursuit of astronomical knowledge. Okay, here's where we're going back. We're at eight minutes and we're finally getting back to the topic. Here's where it gets really interesting, okay? Since we don't understand Lyme disease and chronic fatigue syndrome all that well, obviously we don't because nobody gets better, don't you think it stands to reason that there might be some surprises in the discovery of the root cause? Here's why this is such an important topic. A lot of mold avoidance involves you and me and our parents and our caretakers and our friends coming to accept and acknowledge some very bizarre truths about mold avoidance and how these mold supertoxins work. Some truths that we would never have expected to be true, okay? Surprises. We have to come to acknowledge a lot of surprises. And I don't see that happening very much in regular alternative medicine. There is no open-mindedness to surprises. Not a lot of open-mindedness to surprises. I mean, sure, they feign or fake or simulate an open-mindedness within a certain boundary, right? Like there's definitely open-mindedness about what supplements should be taken. And maybe there's a new supplement or a new drug or a new pharmaceutical or a new gadget, right? Like that's kind of the three things that even conventional medicine, modern medicine, conventional medicine, alternative medicine, those are sort of the three boundaries that they put on their open-mindedness. It's either got to be a new supplement, it's either got to be a new um, pharmaceutical, or it's got to be a new gadget, a sauna, a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, an, an IV treatment, some, some gadget, some, some modern medical thing that, that, that works. And that's really all they test, guys. If you read the studies, which I spent many years doing, scientific studies, all you really hear about is those three things, supplements, pharmaceuticals, and gadgets, MRIs, hyperbaric oxygen, all this stuff, okay? Yet, we still don't know what's causing chronic Lyme and chronic fatigue syndrome in their chronic forms. Obviously, acute Lyme disease, if you're healthy and you get bit by a tick, you get Borrelia, you take antibiotics, you get better. That's not what I'm talking about. You, you almost shouldn't even call it chronic Lyme. I don't even like that word. Because just because there's some Borrelia, Lyme disease organisms in the body after a period of time and the person remains sick, that doesn't mean that they have chronic Lyme, right? And obviously it doesn't because they can take millions of antibiotics for years and years and they, they really aren't better. So I wouldn't even call it chronic Lyme. I would call it mystery disease, right? We even do that with chronic fatigue syndrome. The, the word itself is nondescript, chronic fatigue syndrome. Being tired, what does that mean? Chronic fatigue syndrome, it means being tired for a long period of time. And people who suffer from chronic fatigue will tell you that fatigue is not even the main symptom sometimes, you know? There's all kinds of presentations of chronic fatigue syndrome that have nothing to do with fatigue. Okay, here's what I've been trying to set the stage for and set the foundation for by telling you all this. When you have something you don't understand and you make some breakthroughs on understanding it, it's pretty normal to run into some huge surprises. 
huge surprises, like finding out that the, the sun is a million times bigger than, than the moon. That's a big surprise. What I have found in alternative and conventional medicine is researchers and doctors usually have their bias, right? You go to this doctor and he's really into enzymes or you go to that doctor and they're really into sauna or you go to a different doctor and they're really into this supplement or that supplement. Like everybody has confirmation bias. They're looking for evidence to support their pet theories. With mold avoidance, it cannot be more opposite than that. The person who discovered mold avoidance, Eric Johnson, literally sort of happened into the discovery. And by happened into, I don't mean that he wasn't skilled and didn't have a lot of expertise. He did. He was trained in biological warfare. He used to be an officer in the military. He knows about all this stuff. But what I mean is he was not expecting this is not what the doctors told him. When he had chronic fatigue syndrome, nobody told him to go out and discover this and look for this. He was surprised by what he found. It was a surprising thing. And as you go further down the rabbit hole and learn about how to do mold avoidance, you will encounter many, many surprises, huge surprises, things that, that you would have never imagined, right? Now, why is this so important to talk about? Because I think that the biggest obstacle for people healing using mold avoidance, why they don't succeed, is because of the paradigm shifts and the mental hoops that you have to jump through to accept or even be open-minded at all to these surprises. You, it's, it's really hard to get your brain into a new paradigm. That's why I talk about this so much. People are like, Brian, why is your podcast so much about the theory and philosophy of mold avoidance and not like about the boots on the ground, how to do it. Well, first of all, there's a lot of resources already out there about boots on the ground, mold avoidance. Um, the problem is nobody listens to the resources. And the reason that nobody listens to the resources is because they don't believe in the paradigm shift in the assumption. So I still think that the missing link is people being willing to be open-minded to surprises. And then if you can make that leap, then you're very likely to succeed, right? Because you, you already are looking for the information and you're trusting it. So that's where I focus a lot of my energy, talking about why you should be open-minded to some of these surprises. And of course, this is also why we always joke that most people don't even consider mold avoidance until they're on their deathbed and they're crawling out of their house. And that's the great unfortunate aspect. That's why I hope you'll forward this podcast to a friend or a family member who's sick because you'll, you'll say to them, please don't wait until you're crawling out of your house. Okay, so what are some of the surprises that you can expect that don't fit the paradigm? Well, you guys probably already know about them, but since this is more of an outreach beginner-based episode, I'll just name a few. Um, one of them is that outdoor mold supertoxins are the primary driver of this illness. We don't even know what they are, so we have nicknames for them, right? It's like we're the ancient people that don't quite know what the sun is yet, so we have a nickname for it, fireball in sky. But that doesn't mean it can't burn you. Go ask an ancient person 2,000 years ago if 
they could get a sunburn. Of course they could. They could fry and get a third degree burn if they wanted to. Anybody could. Any human in history could, right? So just because you don't know what the sun is or how big it is doesn't mean it can't burn you. So the first surprise in mold avoidance is that outdoor toxins cause primary mold illness and that we don't necessarily scientifically know what to call those toxins. So we have nicknames for them. Like we have one called MT and we have one called FRAT. And we have a huge database of mold avoiders who avoid those toxins and get better. And they don't just get better in the way that somebody who gets supplements from their doctor gets better in for a day or two and sort of convinces themselves, oh, I'm so excited I have a new doctor, things are gonna get better. But the third party observer outside doesn't really see any improvement, right? People who avoid mold supertoxins actually get better on a core level in really meaningful ways. They actually start to get their life back. That's a surprise. That is not something that anybody in conventional or alternative medicine is looking for or even open-minded to. Another big surprise is that a lot of the pieces of wisdom the statements, the observations of experienced mold avoiders, people who have already been through this process for five, six, seven years, their observations and statements apply almost universally to people just getting started, right? It's a surprise that it's not actually a choose your own adventure story. It's not actually a, you know, Johnny goes and sees Dr. A and Jill goes and sees Dr. B and they walk out of the office with two different bags of supplements, two totally different treatment philosophies. It's actually a real big shocker that there's actually a real discovery here with this mold avoidance stuff and it actually applies pretty uniformly to just about everybody. That's amazing, right? That's a truth that, that that's how you know you really happened on a big truth is that if it applies universally, if you go back to the astronomy example, it doesn't matter how you measure the size of the sun. Even aliens might have the technology to measure the size of the sun, but guess what? It's the sun is always gonna be the same size, no matter how you measure it, no matter how you look at it, all the measurements are gonna come out and they're going to agree about how big the sun is because it is a physical object with a size. That is a shocking discovery in mold avoidance that, that you don't realize till you go through it, that there's actually a real discovery here about the physiology of what's wrong with the body and that the wisdom and the experiences and the observations of people who have gone through the process actually end up agreeing pretty closely. I always joke and say that a room full of recovered mold avoiders, a room full of recovered mold avoiders. So if you get 10 of us together who have done mold avoidance for you know, five or seven years, one of us had Lyme disease, one of us had chronic fatigue syndrome. It's a really boring conversation. We don't have much to talk about because we agree about everything, right? It's kind of like getting a bunch of Democrats or a bunch of Republicans together. They're like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Right? It's, it's a room full of people that already sort of agree, even though we all had to go through the process of opening our mind to the new paradigm, which was a really hard process really hard. We had to do the same thing you're doing right now, listening to this, suspend disbelief for a little while to be open-minded about these concepts. But at the end of the day, we all found that it was true. So that's another surprise. Here's a third surprise that I thought was outrageous, but now I see is true. Something called intensification. That's a period of time when you first get out of mold and for a couple of years, um, you react more strongly, more heavily to insults, to toxins, okay? That is a universal experience. 
Another surprise is that as the reactivities fall away, in other words, as you get better, they peel off in the order of most of least damaging toxin to most damaging toxin. So first you lose your gluten intolerance. I had a big bowl of, of gluten food yesterday and I didn't even react to it. That's like amazing, right? Chronic illness people can't do that. You lose your gluten intolerance. In, in you lose your chemical sensitivities. Then you lose sensitivities to minor mold toxins like cyano. Then your reactivity to frat and other toxins kind of fall away. They peel off like you're peeling layers of an onion. That's another surprise. Another surprise is that almost all of us no longer even need to treat chronic infections after a certain point. You do enough mold avoidance, sure, maybe you need some infection treatment early on, but you, you get past a certain point. I have a shelf of Lyme disease supplements that would treat Lyme disease co-infections. It has two inches of dust on it because I haven't taken them for years. So these are a few of the surprises that you encounter. Now, I'm not going to go into all of the surprises, I'm sometimes tempted to try to spoon feed everything I know in one podcast episode, but the truth is if you guys find this interesting and you're motivated to learn more, you will listen to my other episodes and you'll do the homework, right? I'm going to rely on you to do a little bit of the heavy lifting and the learning and the homework. So I'm not going to go into every single one of those surprises, but this is the primary difference right now as it stands between conventional medicine, or I shouldn't even say conventional medicine. Um, I'm going to lump together conventional, alternative, mainstream medicine, all of those together in one lump. They have capitalism, egotistical researchers and doctors, and very established frameworks for medicine that are very rigid. And in some cases, you want those rigid frameworks, right? Like in an acute medical situation in the ER, when someone comes in from a car accident and you got to find out, is it their spleen? Is it their liver? Is it their heart? What's wrong? Like, of course, that's all those protocols are life-saving and they're great. But there are times when the current paradigm of medicine doesn't know what's going on, right? We already know that. That's why people die of cancer. If, if we knew how to cure cancer, then there would be nobody left with cancer. That's why people with Lyme disease and chronic fatigue syndrome sometimes never get better. So my challenge to you today Oh, I want to mention one other thing. The, the other thing, and this is something I've talked about recently, but I wanted to kind of tie together in a little paragraph here, is that one of the ways you know something is true is when a bunch of seemingly wacky, outlandish, random observations all end up being true at the same time and pointing to a singular truth, right? It's nobody's pet hypothesis. It's nobody's ego. It's nobody's, you know, I put 20 years into researching this, so it better turn out to be right. It's literally just raw scientific discovery that just ends up being true. You go out in the sun, you get a sunburn. It's just true. There's nothing, there's no frills. And I've seen that in Moldavoid in so many times where all of these observations and statements from experienced Moldavoiders just end up being true without a lot of drama. There's not a lot of drama. I made a post about one of these situations a couple days ago and it was it blew me away. It's, it was a connection that I hadn't seen before. That's basically the opposite of what you see in conventional and alternative medicine. You see doctors and researchers cherry picking their favorite pet thing 
kind of making their identity about it and you say, oh, don't you know this doctor in in Oregon is known for his enzyme therapy and oh, don't you know this doctor in, you know, here is known for this therapy. That's what drives me crazy about these chronic fatigue syndrome and Lyme disease um, intensive treatment centers. When I was really sick, I went to a couple of these places. Uh, spent, you know, you spend $20,000, you stay there for like a week. It's an inpatient thing. You see, you get all the tests, you do all the magic treatments and then you're supposed to go home and you're better. I did this like three or four times and you know, $20,000 at each one of them. And it, it always struck me as odd that they had such different philosophies, right? They, they, each one of those centers or care centers had some head doctor that was so sold, bought and paid for and sold on his little approach, right? And at the end of the day, guys, I don't mean to be this down, this Debbie Downer, but all of these Lyme disease people and chronic fatigue syndrome people just keep going back for more. They never quite get better. I, I mean, don't you think that's why? So, so I used to publish books on Lyme disease. That was my business for a long time. And but nobody buys books anymore. Now what they do is they do these online summits. Like you guys have probably heard about it. The Chronic Fatigue Syndrome Summit, the Lyme Disease Summit, the Brain Fog Summit. And they get like 100 experts together and they all talk about their, their little pet thing. And you can watch it for free over like two or three days. And then they try to sell you the recording later. They're like, oh, if you missed this session, you can buy the unlimited access for 50 bucks. So now it's online summits. Isn't it obvious that it's a business in a rotating door when you have one of these summits every single year, they pack the house and the, and the doors and every single year it's a different, whole different bunch of stuff, right? I mean, one of the top, line, it, this is where you end up if you go down that road. And this is where I ended up in, in my own search when I was really sick. One of the top Lyme disease doctors who I know, I know him personally, he's a great guy. He's really helped a lot of people. I'm not saying this to bash anybody. He wrote a book on Lyme disease protocols and how to treat Lyme disease. And it ended up being so convoluted, thousands of supplements and if this, that, and if that, this, and if this, that, and you know, all these just endless complexity. It's not simple. A real answer would be simple, right? If you had, there's one, you know, there's one, there's a singular underlying cause here going on. It's just like if someone got a sunburn, some ancient person got a sunburn and they didn't know what was going on. They could make up so many stories about why they had the sunburn. A monkey, a monkey's grandpa um, cursed the sun and now it gives you a sunburn, right? Like anything is possible. But at the end of the day, it's actually pretty simple. The sun creates radiation and if you get too much of it, you get a sunburn. It's a singular, simple answer. So, what I'm trying to accomplish in this podcast, especially if you're new to mold avoidance, is for you to prepare yourself for some paradigm changing surprises that you would have never expected. If you can do that and keep an open mind about that, then basically everything else in mold avoidance, I think is pretty easy. Why do I say it's easy? Because we have quite a few experienced mold avoiders who have, who have given freely of their time to explain it, to write books and make podcast episodes and make videos and have discussion forums where you can get the information that you need. That's available as a resource, but almost universally, the hardest part about the whole thing is to get past 
your willingness to be surprised. And I mean surprised in a big way, like a whole new paradigm changing discovery of how to look at things. And, and this, is, this is true science in my mind, because when you use a nickname to describe a toxin, because you don't fully know what it is, that doesn't mean you're a bad scientist. <laughs> that just means you have an observation that isn't fully completed yet by science. I mean, that's how we still think of the universe and astronomy. There are many things we observe in the universe that we are like, hmm, we see that out there. We don't really know what it is yet. It might take us another thousand years to figure out, but we know that there are these things, these behaviors about it. That makes it more scientific to me than a bunch of doctors showing up at a conference saying they know everything, come to me, visit my clinic, give me your money, and I'll put you on my program, right? My program. Um, and then next year, it's a totally different program. That, that's the clincher for me. That's the, that's the kicker. And, you know, a lot of you guys with chronic illness, you won't admit this because you have your faith so much in doctors and in conventional or, and alternative programs and treatments and saunas and all this and that, that you cannot emotionally admit to yourself that you're getting worse every year, that your illness is getting a little bit worse every year and you are a little bit more disabled than you were last year. You can't admit it because your hope and your faith is in the current paradigm. So I'm telling you right now that you need, if you're going to change that trajectory of your health, you might need to open your mind to some surprises that are bigger surprises than what you expected. That's all I'm saying. I just said that in 30 minutes. I probably could have said it in three minutes. But you need to be open-minded to some surprises that are bigger than what you expected them to be. And that's what mold avoidance has been to me. It has been a bunch of wacky, unusual, unexpected surprises that all turn out to be true rather than a nice, neat, tidy, well-packaged, supplement program that seems like it should be true because it has really flashy marketing and a lot of people that seem to be really smart, but doesn't work at all. Let me repeat that. What mold avoidance has been to me, and this is what you need to remember, this is the core of the message. What mold avoidance has been to me is a bunch of strange surprises that all end up being true rather than a neatly organized tidy, fancy supplement program that seems really good because it has a lot of good brochures and some people in white coats talking about it. I'm going to repeat it a third time. What mold avoidance has been to me is a series of seemingly mind-boggling surprises and paradigm changes that all end up being true and giving me my core health back as opposed to normal alternative and conventional medicine. It's all organized and it seems very compelling, but never helped me, never got me out of the pit of doom, the pit of despair. If you can open your mind to this possibility, to the possibility that we are primitive astronomers learning about the universe, and there are going to be some really big whopping surprises about what causes chronic Lyme and CFS to persist and for people not to get better, now you are finally ready to step foot into this new arena. And my hope is that as many people as possible will not wait until they're on their deathbed 
to do that because that's what we do because the surprises in the paradigm shift is so unusual that most of us just completely will not even consider it unless we are super desperate. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Just my normal disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an astronomer. I'm an amateur of all of those things, but more what I am. So if you have medical problems, please consult a physician. Don't listen to this podcast. It's not for medical advice. What I am instead is a person who has become an experienced mold avoider myself, healed my body to the highest level of health I've ever been in my life and been extremely surprised that these surprises ended up being true. And now I'm passing on the experience and sharing with you guys. Thanks for listening.